0: Hello and welcome to the Modern Maker podcast for Thursday, April 23rd, 2020, otherwise known as... Actually, this is crazy. I don't know if they've been adding dumb holidays, but there's seven to choose from today. So I'm going to pick the two that are the least appropriate for the world that we're living in right now, which would be take a chance day and (laughs) take your daughter to work day. That seems like a bad idea.
1: Well, (laughs) I mean, your daughter is at your workplace, technically, if you have kids because that's true from home
0: it's right everybody's celebrating even more this year
1: yes
2: (laughs) so it wasn't go like hug a stranger day though yeah well that's the take a
0: chance part yeah breathe on a stranger day (laughs) so uh yeah how's how's everything going in your guys uh neck of the desert pretty good
1: i've had a productive editing week I got out a bunch of videos. I got my, the, the bed videos I've been doing have been doing really well. Just cranking out the views. People really seem to like the, the transformable day bed. And then I published the kitchen build episode of the container house series. So episode seven is now out. And yeah, it was. It was interesting. I sort of did it a little bit differently than what I normally do. Mm -hmm. I sort of did almost the reveal and the tour of the kitchen to start the video and then showed the construction sort of back end behind it. And yeah, now I'm on to editing the bathroom video for the container house and working on the forms for these concrete pavers, which should be seeing some good Instagram clips of them right when this podcast comes out. So Check my stories, and you should see some some cool concrete pours and some unusual-looking forms. Nice. That's
2: cool. Let's hop back to the the daybed.
1: Yeah. You never would have thought that that had pool
2: noodles, dude. <laughs> it was really funny because I think the podcast was – I heard it on the podcast first. This wasn't an idea that you had brought to me beforehand, and so whenever I heard it on the show – I was very skeptical. I'm not going to lie. But you don't even you have no clue. It's pool noodles for the back cushion.
1: Right. So I've seen a few of those sofas where they have a cylindrical backrest. Yeah. And normally it's just a single one. And it's, it's you know, maybe like eight or nine inches in diameter. And then that can kind of pivot and rotest, or rotate and to different levels of, of recliningness, but I used three pieces of EMT conduit with three and a half inch pool noodles over them. I always thought that pool noodles were interesting because they're so cheap and mm-hmm. the foam is remarkably firm. Like it has the right consistency of almost like a Kaizen foam or like a very firm cushion. Yeah. So I thought it'd be good for a backrest that was over a hard structure.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. They, they kind of uh, seem like they'll hold their shape indefinitely.
1: Yes. And yeah, I still want to, I I kind of wanna do a a more ridiculous chair or sofa that's all out of them. Cause you could yeah. just put two panels of plywood parallel to each other and then just put threaded pipe with uh, flanges in between and you could literally just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. trace the whole outline yeah. of a seat <laughs> and that's it would all idea. be
0: Yeah, like a big chase or something. Right. <laughs> Seems like it would feel good on the back, like you could like roll up and down and yeah, do something.
1: Could, yeah. Yeah, like kind of like the. I mean, I guess that's what they do. They have like they people use like a lacrosse ball or something like that, and they put it against the wall in their back, and then they kind of like look like a bear scratching their back <laughs> against the tree. But yeah, pool noodles are an interesting thing. But what I what I liked about them was that it's funny. Whenever I do something that involves a pol- something that resembles upholstering, I'm always trying to think of a way to get away to to do it without sewing. So my whole design right. process for this thing is just how do I hide the parts. Where I just glue, you know, where I just ironed a seam in the material after I cut it and then just glued that seam to to the it, so I don't have to sew. So everything's always designed around that. And what I liked about the pool noodles is that the ends are or the diameter is small enough that I could hide the ends with wood. So I don't have to like figure out how to fold and cut fabric and then neatly fold and tuck it around the hide there. I know with those two side panels of wood, I can hide the 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 messy ends of the upholstered parts.
0: Yeah. You know, I've got a a, a kind of sewing conundrum coming up now. So, I'm building a uh, a high chair and so basically the part that like goes in between the kids legs, it's like that kind of strap, I think it's called flat nylon. It's like what would be on your backpack that you like pull to tighten it. It's like webbing. Yeah. So my plan was initially that Dolores or my mom or somebody would have helped me sew a loop. Basically, I would have put it around the bar that goes like in front of the kid's stomach and then just gone down and underneath the seat and then attached it. But with, uh, you know, stores being closed and everything. I ordered something off Joanne's Fabrics, but they're only open on the weekends and you and they're not even open. It's just where you like go pick it up when when they pull the order for you. So I ordered it and it didn't become available this past weekend. And I was like, well, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to wait a whole week to finish this step or whatever, like basically to have to finish the project. So I'm just going to do it and then I'm going to have to somehow like sew it in place around the thing i know nothing about sewing obviously you wouldn't be able to take a sewing machine to it anymore i'm hoping it's simple enough that like you can just get needle and a thread and just like maybe between that and like some super glue or something like that i feel like you do it
1: (laughs) yeah i think so but is it a strap or is it like a big piece of fabric
0: it's a strap so it's like just picture like literally what what you would pull on like a backpack to like tighten the why don't you just
1: use a piece of leather
0: you know what no one likes no, it because my kid's not into that kind of stuff. He's going to so, get chaffed. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's going to chafe. Because, I mean, that's why I've always liked leather or felt is because they don't need to be hemmed. You well, cut them real clean.
0: One thing could be like, I'm afraid it would get dirty over mm. the long run. Like, so th- that stuff, you could, it just seems like it would like wash better. And like, you could probably put like a Scotch guard on it or something to
1: if make it the, if the fabric's nylon, you can also just kind of heat weld it. I oh. mean, I've done that with like rope to like if you cut a nylon rope uh-huh. and the end starts fraying all crazy, you just take a lighter to it and it kind of melts it all together.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I bet you that would work because I think it's called flat nylon. So yeah. I'm guessing it's made out of nylon. Maybe
1: you could use like a like a an iron for straightening hair or just yeah, an yeah, iron. Like
0: crimp it together kind of
1: or even if you could just kind of like fuse the strands of the nylon together you might be able to get away with a rivet or fabric glue
0: that's a good idea so here's the good news is that i think i need probably like 12 inches of it and i had to buy like a few meters worth so i'll have plenty to experiment with but i like that idea of just like kind of <laughs> singeing crimping it together with some heat and
1: a little test sequence in the video where you try three different ways one with glue one with heat and then one with sewing but yeah. even with the sewing you still have to kind of heat fuse the end so it doesn't unravel
0: Right. Yeah. 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 Like basically like cauterize it or whatever. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to try that. And then in the video, I'll just put whatever two didn't work well first.
2: I was going to say, I also know they make just fabric weld adhesive. Uh huh. And I feel like you could get enough surface area where they are overlapping that that could probably just work on its own. So you Not basically like just that's...
0: wrap it around the fabric itself and then that stuff welds? Basically. Or? You heat it yeah. up, kind of like a heat shrink or something.
2: Exactly. Like I would just loop it around, have it to where you've got at least like three quarters of an inch where the two pieces are meeting and uh-huh. then just use okay. fabric welds and then put a couple spring clamps on
0: it. Sweet. I like the ideas. Thank you.
2: Yeah, aside from that, all of our audio listeners need to know Chris is growing pretty much a mountain man beard, if I had to say so.
0: Yeah, it's been a while since I've shaved and, and he's gotten wearing a haircut. Paul, he's wearing a Paul Bunyan jacket too. So he's really looking wild. I got my ox outside. I'm ready to go.
1: <laughs> One more idea, Chris. Okay, what? Shave. You could take like a piece of wood that was about So is the strap about an inch and a half wide? About an, or an inch. inch. wide? So you could take a piece of two little thin quarter inch thick pieces of a hardwood, mm-hmm. and so quarter inch thick, about maybe about an eighth of an inch to a quarter of an inch wider than the strap. Okay. Cut out just a little sixteenth recess in each one, and then just glue those around the ends. So it almost has like a a stiff wooden end. Uh huh. So you know, like how like a shoelace has that little sleeve that makes the end, so you can poke yeah. it through. Oh man, you I wish so bad like I knew what a, it was called right now. Right. You can create like a flat wooden version of that end to the strap. So that sort of ser- serves as the, the hem. Okay. Although it might be the sort of like dangling little block that they, your kid might fiddle with too much. But there's a lot of ways you can just terminate a frayed end into mm-hmm. something solid as well.
0: So they call me the Terminator. I'll be back. <laughs>
1: So Quality. high chair, huh?
0: Quality. <laughs> Quality. All right. Moving away yeah, from my fabric say
2: High chair, that's going to be a real, you know, that video is going to go crazy, well, I uh, bet. Well, yeah,
0: I made it because yesterday was 420. I made a, a high <laughs> chair. That's not true. I actually started it before that and it did not come out by then. But yeah. you know what? Because it's been two weeks since we podcast. I feel like, and man, in the world that we're living in now, that feels like it's like three months. Two weeks, it really feels two like a while. It's a long
2: time. It's like, how far do you rewind back?
0: I know. Well, because you had not put out the bus video. I don't no. think, Last time
2: we talked, and episode two is close to being ready to go live.
0: There you go. So how but, how was it? Everything you imagined it would have been to put it out?
2: Honestly, yes. And it's <laughs> so relieving, dude. I have. It's it's abundantly clear now that I should have done that a long time ago. The stress completely gone now that that first episode has come out. I was able to sort of level up my production, I think. I think the video really plays, not like a TV show, but to the pacing that everything's, you know, in just minute and a half, two minute chunks, even though there's a lot to digest. And even though it's really information dense, I really did my best to either use establishing shots or little clips to kind of give breathers. That way it wasn't too much at one time. And then also just not stick on any one task for too long either. Mm -hmm. And so I think it really kept the pace of the video moving. The shots, I think, really looked great between Joshua Tree being out every window and then once the bus was painted white, just that being an awesome sort of stage to be building on. The video, the footage looks so rad. So I'm really excited. Episode two is burning. I'm building out the bedroom right now. So just basically building out a cool platform that's got a lot of storage nooks. Mm -hmm. That way you can access all that extra space underneath the bed and then building out the auxiliary things. And it's coming out really awesome. I've got the platform pretty much complete. I'll be putting the headboard on the day after we that we're recording and from there I've got to do a little bit of sewing myself. I need to make oh. a bench seat or like a window seat. So basically the engine compartment is in the rear of the bus and it takes up a lot of the space in that area. So I'm basically building the bed platform out from the ext- out from the from where the engine compartment levels off at mm-hmm. about a foot and a half. Okay. I'm just extending that platform out all the way past the wheel wells because those would have been in the way e- anyway. So I've just got this really oversized bed platform that'll have nice. uh, just little trap doors that you can access all that underneath space with, with. And then I'm just following that same angle that the engine compartment goes up for the headboard. And then where it levels off again, over the headboard, I'll upholster up a nice cushion. So I bought a sewing machine from Walmart. It was the last one, literally the last one they had I grabbed one off of, it was, they were, there were two sewing machines left sitting on a Rubbermaid table. I think there were returns or something like that. And I grabbed one as another lady grabbed
0: the other uh, and we just were like, all right, I guess that's it. So I guess sewing machines are what everybody's like trying to sew their own toilet paper right now or what's going on? Yeah. The cra- <laughs> they're trying to sew their own
2: toilet paper. <laughs> they're popular now. The craft section at Walmart, I, I will say, because you know Joann's maybe- that stuff is all the way in Palm Springs. It's cleared out between like all the paints being gone, all the sewing machines and even the fabric. As I say, even the fabric rolls were pretty thin. So I think people are taking the opportunity to get the DIY
0: list taken care of. Get the crafting going, get the sewing going. Everyone's going to be a master crocheter by the time this thing ends. Yeah, everyone's crocheting (laughs) the, the
1: hand
2: embroidery. (laughs) <laughs> per capita level has gone up so high since quarantine.
0: That'll be the one thing people remember about yeah coronavirus in five years from now.
2: I'll tell you one thing that's really cool about this bus series, though. What's up? Pulling numbers is it? Like I'm not saying I'm not saying it's going viral or anything By the like bus that. Load, but yeah, I was gonna. I would just say compared to the average vi- video, it's definitely doing way above that. So it's nice that much more encouraging just to buckle down and knock that puppy out. You know, Tony- so thank you everybody for the the comments and watching the listeners. I appreciate it big time
0: you said like, man, like, I'm so happy that I did it, relief, all that stuff. And like, has there ever been anything similar to this where like, you were thinking about it for a while, you eventually do it and you're like, too soon. Like, we never say that yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> we yeah, I'm going to come like, back
2: to this. I'm going to come back to this in six months. <laughs>
0: yeah. Why did I do this so soon?
1: I, I, I have done that.
0: What was, what was too soon that you did? You were like, You were ahead of the curve for it or something?
1: Yeah, I think I did, like, the... When I did the concrete kintsugi stuff with, like, the gold flake. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I did it before the epoxy trend, and I don't think Mm. people were ready to see these kind of, like, colorful, synthetic cracks in that stuff. Yeah, ahead of your time. Yeah, there's been a few things like that where I think I did It's funny you bring up
2: the kintsugi, not to run you off the tracks, but I think you're kind of right, because I was looking through my Instagram post that did the best over the past year... And of my top 10 were like three of the concrete kintsugi stuff that I did. Right, Granted, it, was, it wasn't
1: epoxy, but it was still a similar idea. Right. So I think that was like, that was like a, the, the one that comes to mind. But it all sort of, it all works itself out, right? Like the DIY fitness stuff. I had that idea. You know, I was working on a series of that a while ago and it did fine. It did slightly above average, but it didn't do gangbusters. Mm-hmm. But now, oh man, like all those yeah. videos are all popping off.
0: I was going to say they've been being recommended to me and I feel like I've seen them before and I'm not even, and I'm not even like searching for
1: fitness stuff. Right. So let's, let's, let's talk a little, we haven't actually talked much YouTube lately. So I think we're, we're safe to to have a little, little, little digital shop talk. All right. It was funny. The, the first few weeks of shelter in place, I kind of saw very typical numbers. And my first reaction was like, oh, everyone's going to watch more YouTube. But actually I think people were watching news and checking Twitter. But after that, my view numbers are probably almost double what they normally are. Now, I think probably only about like 20% of that is, you know, sort of just more people at home time. I think the majority of it, it is sort of evident in the types of videos that are doing well. So it's not my new videos that are necessarily popping off. But what I'm seeing is as a trend, and I'm curious if you guys see something similar, it's the useful videos are getting watched a lot. So it's not like the frivolous kind of like, you know, artsy pieces like the spiral staircase or the kind of crazy, you know, lounge chairs and things like that. It's the DIY fitness stuff. It's like the the home garden stuff, the the concrete countertops, the the very practical furniture builds, the beds, the sofas, and the home improvement. So it seems like there's, and again, way too small of a sample size just using my own channel. But I've, like, my, if I look at like my top 10 videos, they're all videos from a few years ago that are very pragmatically minded as DIY projects.
2: So as you were talking, I was looking at my dashboard and similar things. Over the past 28 days, my views are up 42%, which is awesome. That's, Killer. Thank you guys for watching. And very similar stuff. So my renovation continent is always high up there, but for me, it's bed videos, outdoor projects, like the greenhouse I built, even the patio renovations doing really, really well, particularly right now. So I think it's that same thing, either like DIY outdoor projects or the useful furniture, like dining tables, things like that, that aren't normally high on the list are high now. Okay. Yeah. So I'm- garage Garage storage. That's uh- doing good.
0: I'm looking at my stuff right now and my takeaway would be like, so my top videos are kind of the same things that always, that I would expect to be top videos. If I look under comments where you can see like the the last comments that came in, right. usually it's like all from like the most recent video and then like a few others spattered around. It's totally random, which huh. tells me or what I would speculate would be the reason for that would be that people are catching up on content. So maybe like yes. a lot of things that they've missed over the last year or whatever, and they're kind of going back and like, oh, I didn't see this one and commenting or whatever. That's why it's so such a like random assortment.
1: Yeah, I think it's why I think that just I'm glad I did things that I believe in at the time that I just thought were useful. So it's like trying to think what my takeaway from this is going to be, because obviously you don't want to always design for an emergency situation or you create redundancies for times when there's no emergency. Right, like mm. if you always wear your life jacket, you probably won't drown. But then you're also going to look <laughs> kind of, you know, kind of awkward like, with your like, like no Marty neck. McFly. Right, so, <laughs> good, good pull, Chris. Thank you. But it did remind me of like you know we get caught up in our own community, and there's sort of a one-upsmanship in a very friendly kind of way where it's like oh this person did this and i can do it even crazier and i can do it even crazier and we see this in all genres of endeavor right like i remember when like a you know when michael jordan's dunk from the free throw line was like crazy but really he like stepped on the line and then you're looking at like what the guys are doing now there's like high school kids doing that or yeah you know everything escalates or i think about when i first saw the first epoxy projects and how basic they were. And then like Chris pulls out this like, oh, I'm going to use it as actual joinery. And then like I saw John Malecki doing this like dovetail with it. That was really cool. Like things keep escalating, but they don't always escalate in terms of essentialism. They often escalate in terms of like the kind of artistic expression or the decorative elements or just how over the top it is, right? I was looking at Paul Jackman's vase that he's doing, which everyone should check out. He's turning and assembling this just crazy vase of these like wavy rings. That's just a, it's a really incredible piece that belongs in a museum. And, but I think when, when I first got started, it was much more utility based about like simple, you know, inexpensive DIYs. And then I scaled up to building bigger, useful things and then bigger, crazier things. But I think when we look amongst each other and we're kind of like working with our eyes set on our peers, I think it leads, it can sometimes lead away from that kind of like essential, useful stuff for consumers. Mm -hmm. And by no means do I think that like anyone should do anything other than exactly what they're entertained by and what they enjoy doing. But it has, this, this whole experience has made me think that like, you know what? I really should do that really cool chicken coop that I've always wanted to do, or I really should do that better way to compost. I've been like dancing around a composting project for a long time. It's one of those things where I think there's a clear problem, like the idea of composting, recycling organic matter that we all produce in our kitchens, but we don't most of us don't actually compost cuz it's smelly and it attracts flies and it's just a pain in the butt. So, it's actually a situation where design would solve a problem, not just make a nicer thing for your already nice living room. So, I think that's been my I wouldn't say it's like my takeaway or the thing I'm going to change, but it's the thing that sort of challenged me to I guess reevaluate the value of those kind of more essential and useful projects that I've done in the past.
0: Yeah, that's a good call. I, I was thinking, what can I do to one-up Mike's bus? What's the next step?
1: <laughs> Let's hear it. What do you got? I
0: don't man? know. What's like one step above a bus? A freaking a house, ridge line. man. Haunted I mean, ridge <laughs> line.
2: I was going to say, <laughs> do the ridge line. No, I mean, r- realistically, the plan is like, do the bus and then one-up myself by doing a whole house, hopefully.
0: And then a mansion. And then like a freaking, I bought an abandoned uh, City. I library. bought a township. <laughs> a town, no, I just yeah. bought a whole township. Mikesville. <laughs> 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 I can't wait to watch that series. And then I'll own all the billboards. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> yes. Now we're cooking. Yeah. It all comes Well What do you
2: think, though? How would? What would you do? Like, how do you top the bus? Because obviously it's the best content of our generation.
0: Yeah. Greatest series on YouTube ever. <laughs> I mean, well, we kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago offline when when I saw PC Makes, Patrick Clancy. he. He always sends me bring a trailer auctions that he think I he thinks I might be interested in. So mm-hmm. he had sent me one that was an Airstream trailer, but like from the eighties, which I didn't that, even know there were eighties Airstream trailers, and they're but, like full on like motorhomes, like you know, it's a self contained thing. It's not where you it's it's not a trailer. It's, it's not an a actual trailer, RV. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that RV. would be
1: the move. Chris that, doing a Airstream renovation. But yeah, me you and could Sean do that, talked
0: about it. And we're both into it, so
2: that would be your exact exact aesthetic. You know what I mean? That would play into what you do so well, perfectly.
0: Yeah. So maybe that's the. Uh, it's it's kind of a they're expensive. Yeah, the the one that I I forget what it ended up sung for it was you know not so expensive that it would be prohibitive, but it wasn't just like oh yeah, I'll, here's five thousand dollars to get that. Like I th- I think it was you know like in the twenties or thirties maybe to yeah.
1: so get one that's in not great sh- that needs renovation, but not terribly full of mold and rats yeah the dream one is 20 to 30
0: infrastructurally sound aesthetically not pleasing would be the the goal
1: we stayed at
0: (laughs) not pleasing
1: we stayed at auto camp you should check that out actually chris it's a like a glamping campground site and it's like they have like a hundred airstream and they're all very nicely decorated and built out custom with like very mid-century modern very nice like sort of walnut Where's it at? Black tile. They have a few of them. There's, we stay at the one near Yosemite and there's one in Santa Barbara. But if you look at pictures online of their interiors, like they're very tasteful. (laughs) Nice. And it's a complete, like, you know, they're maybe like 180 square feet. So, you know, and they have like a little kitchenette, really nice bathroom, little kind of sitting area, and then the the bedroom. And yeah, you would... You would crush one of those, but yeah, take a look at those interiors and they're good they're a solid like b plus interior design, and they're mm-hmm. a little bit more mass produced and they they still feel like very store bought, not really handmade right They feel like West Elm kind of level of gotcha like which is great for upholstery, but bad for the woodworking parts
2: uh-huh yeah, exactly
1: <laughs> right yeah, that's what I always see when i when I look at a fr- expensive furniture. The upholstery and the soft good stuff is always like pretty impeccable and the fabric choices and the cushioning is way better than a DIY level. But the, the actual quality of the wood and the joinery and stuff is always just a little bit off or the way you're seeing like veneers wearing through on the corners and even with like, you know, you know, chairs that are like lounge chairs that are like eight or eight to twelve hundred dollars and sofas that are like three to four thousand hmm. yeah the, the the woodworking quality is always seems a little bit behind the rest of the sort of production
0: you better call me in there yeah I'll but yeah I, I, w- I
1: would dig a a four eyes airstream
0: yeah that's the uh well <laughs> we i mean me and sean talked about it a little bit and then there's there's so many other things to get done first and other setbacks that are happening now that is that as
1: a series would pull numbers
0: yeah, I and it would be fun. It would be awesome to have that in the end to to come out with something like that for your And then work. you
1: have a cool then you have a really cool RV.
2: Indeed. And if you let yourself take a vacation, boom. You're set, yeah, bro. I going not need a place to park it. I
1: don't know, Chris. Are you much you don't strike me as a big camper.
0: Not a big camper. You, you gotta I've build done...
2: some memories for these children though, man.
0: <laughs> They're not big campers either. <laughs> I'll make sure of it. Yeah, I was Big video to game say, well,
2: you got to take them camping so they know they like it. Although
0: the youngest one's name is Otto, so he might like auto camp. He'll like, his own little personal <laughs> Disneyland. Nice. All right. Let's uh, take a break real quick.
1: This episode is sponsored by Bespoke Post. Now, we've talked about them before, and now we have the stuff in hand, and Mike, We had some fun with it, right? Yeah, we unboxed everything
2: a couple of nights ago, and it was a ton of fun. What was some of your favorite stuff? What boxes did we get?
1: I really like the survival kit. We experimented with the survival matches, and if you go to our TikTok, you'll see a post of that. If you also go to our Instagram, we'll be putting some posts of these different packages in our stories, and they're really, really cool.
2: Yeah, so sum up bespoke post. What is it in two sentences?
1: Bespoke Post is a subscription service where they curate really cool stuff into these different packages, and you get to pick which one that you want, and they're all pretty good, but I really like the cocktail one. We got a martini shaker. We got the strainer. We're going to have to have a cocktail night real soon, Mike.
2: I'm excited. Yeah, we just went through it. It was a really cool copper shaker that was included with everything that you need. Also, a lot of mixers
1: and other
0: things, too. Like what?
1: Oh, like the big cube ice cube trays. Oh, yes. Super dope.
0: Nice. So you can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code MAKER20 at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code MAKER20 for 20% off your first box. All right. Thanks, Bespoke Post.
2: Today's episode of the Modern Maker Podcast is sponsored by Policy Genius.
0: Hey, what are some uh, dumb projects you guys have made?
2: Well, the first one I think of is
0: the Modern Picnic Table
1: yep that was dumb
0: okay it wasn't dumb it was just it wasn't well it was not well received for me in that same vein would probably be my cnc modular planters yeah not well received no that it seemed like a lot of work for not as much payoff
1: yeah it was it that's fair it looked nice it was just a lot going on for something that was like a little knickknack all right well what about you then oh this is easy Uh, the 3D-printed copper media console. I'm glad you said that. (laughs) No no comment. I was going to say it if you didn't. Not only did it look terrible, it also didn't work very well. No, it was
2: not
0: strong. (laughs) So three projects, none of them were great, right? But at the end of the day, stakes were pretty low. No harm, no foul, right? But if you're trying to find life insurance, you don't want to make mistakes. So... What's good about Policy Genius is in minutes you can compare quotes from top insurers to find the best price, and you can save fifteen hundred dollars or more by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies.
1: Insurance is one of the most underrated things. As an old person, like if there's one thing I could take <laughs> from old my person. age and experience and just shoot into Mike's head, like. It would be the, the need for insurance. One of the saddest things happened on the construction site. This plumber, young guy, very entrepreneurial, doing his own thing, always like really cheerful at work. One day he's like late to the job site, and his truck got completely broken into, all his tools got stolen. I was like, "Oh, Dang. please tell me you had insurance." Nope. Yeah. So he was just set back so much, and I hate seeing that happen to good people. Get insurance. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, that guy, somebody like Mike, like you mentioned, they probably just figure they don't have the time. They don't want to deal with the headache, whatever it is. So with Policy Genius, once you apply, their team handles all the paperwork, all the red tape, all that stuff for free. And they don't just handle life insurance. They can also help you find the right home or auto insurance or disability insurance. Mm. That's
2: right. And in just a few minutes, you can find your best price and policy at policygenius.com. Once again, that's policygenius.com. We all get things wrong from time to time. At least we can get life insurance right with Policy Genius. Thanks. So you know what this bus project's got me really interested in? It's a micro project. I guess not a micro project, but it's a small project. Did you happen to see in the video where I used one of those contour gauges? Yes. To get around some of those complicated angles and weird shapes whenever I was scribing the walls to the bus. Mm -hmm. Why don't they make those that are like four feet tall or eight feet tall? (laughs) They probably only sell the one. (laughs) So here's the thing. I looked on Amazon and they make them up to about 18 or 20 inches, something like that, which is Uh cool. That's a step up. And their majority of them are all plastic. And so what I propose is a scribing device a contour gauge of sorts with a lot more range of motion but just less resolution you know it can have a thing that you slide every quarter of an inch or every eighth of an inch Gotcha. it doesn't need to be this super detailed thing
0: right right so instead of instead of having 30 little things over the course of eight inches have it go over the course of four feet but in- be a hundred things or whatever. Gotcha.
1: So you want to be exactly. able to scribe like a full wall.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I know yeah. how do I think could that would be this. really
1: cool. I, I have, have a guess
0: as to why they don't have it, but first, okay, let's. It
1: would be too heavy. Well, just I, was all thinking, out
0: of, I
2: just feel like all, out of all quarter inch plywood, you could do it so easily.
0: My you, guess to why they don't have it is that it's a weird middleman where like either the small one is fine for you or if you're getting to the point where you need something that big, it's probably for a project that's like really advanced and there's probably like lasers or something that are scribing it for you.
2: Yeah, or tradesmen that really know what they're
0: doing.
1: Nor that. (laughs) Here's how you could do it. You would get like a... You know like what an Otter Pop is? Like those like popsicles oh, yeah. that are in like the bag? Yep. The best. So it's like a long skinny plastic bag. Delicious. So you take that long skinny plastic bag or just like a really flexible hose. Like it's way more like flaccid than a regular hose.
0: A nice and choice of
1: words. <laughs> you tape that along the side of the wall. So it's hugging this flaccid tube is hugging the wall. <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> and then you fill it full of spray foam. And then it'll expand ah. and get rigid, but it'll get rigid against the contour of the wall. And then you have this like rigid cylinder. Yes, yeah.
0: I, I know. Too mess it with if you will.
1: <laughs> <That's, laughs> that sounds you know, well.
0: First a nice nice sounds. leathery. Phase. So
1: you, <laughs> so you take this engorged tube and then you lay it on your wood, and then you trace that outline, and there you go. But I think you could do something with expanding foam.
2: Mm, maybe. Yeah. How would you get the clear tube to not move off? Like how? Like why wouldn't it just expand and just straighten out? You duct tape know? to the wall duct taped to the wall okay
0: and so i, I see the problem yeah i can kind of see it it's gonna expand front and back way more than you're gonna want it and like not be useful then you'd almost have to like saw like a little segment of it so that you have a, a yeah the, close the, to two-dimensional thing so you'd have to like sandwich that between like pieces of plywood or something right
1: the, the the reason why i was thinking of it was i when i had some leftover concrete from a pour and i threw it in a plastic bag that was just going to put in the trash, but I set the plastic bag with the wet concrete on top of my drill without really looking. Cause it was in the plastic bag. Didn't matter. And it like mm-hmm. totally formed around yeah, you got the, the handle of the drill. So I wonder if there's like, and I think I saw a video on like smooth on or something where they were using like spray foam to like fill like a, the, the inside of a void and then, you know, took the shell off and they had this like perfectly, you know, expanded foam thing. But yeah, I think the reason they don't make, I guess the other cool thing would, you could do a modular one where you could take a couple of those contour things and make a way that they snap on top of each other. Very reasonable. Yeah. That that could be good. But I think I think they would start to get heavy and then the frame for them would start to get a little bit floppy and rigid.
0: Also, wouldn't it be, Mike, tell me if I'm wrong here. If you were doing a length of wall that was like six feet high, say, right? Wouldn't only like a couple of parts really need that like detailed of a scribe and the rest would just be like a, a pretty easy like curve or something that you could- just kind of connect the dots
2: yeah i guess so i mean it just i mean it just depends on what you're working with i
0: guess you know you just want to i think you just want that thing you just want a full body sized i want it man i picture <laughs> i already know what it looks like it's so cool everybody's gonna want one yeah Yeah. remember those things that like you put your hand in like the pins and it would like show up on the other side oh maybe yeah. you can like make something like that that's like that's, just like a long if you look on
2: amazon that's what all of the contour gauges like remind oh me, they are that exact okay. same thing. Yeah. The majority of them are like little just plastic pieces. Mm. But, anyways, what are, what are some other cool tool ideas you have? I'm sure you got something circling Oof. in the back of your head. Have you ever thought of why don't they have this tool? I can think uh, of another one. Let's yeah. hear
0: it. Oh, actually, no, I did think of one the other day. Okay,
2: great. Cool. All right, you're up there. All
0: right, here we go. Um, you know, I bet you they do have something similar to this. But so for the high chair, I did my first ever like seat dish that's, you uh-huh. know, where it's like shaped for to be more comfortable or whatever. Not because. You really need it in a high chair, especially since the kid's wearing a diaper. Like, I'm sure his he's not hurting his butt too much sitting in there. But just because I wanted to get one made so that I could, like, test it out for when I do a chair with one eventually. And so I actually cut it on the CNC. And then I made another one by hand just to see what it was like. And I used an angle grinder and then a sander. And it's way, way faster by hand, but obviously not as precise. But I was thinking, you know it would be really cool would be, like, an angle grinder on a CNC. That an would angle like grinder just,
2: on a C. oh Yeah, wow. so basically
0: like on an arm that was computer controlled because it like hogs out material pretty quick.
1: Yeah. So yeah. it could be
0: like, a, it could be for like roughly shaping things pretty evenly. If you put you like know,
1: a cut uh yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't need to be like, you know, oh, it's within a 32nd of an inch or whatever. Or, you know, it that could be like as detailed as it got, whereas like, you know, a CNC's like hundredths of inches or whatever that it's detailed to i thought something like that could be kind of cool and there probably would be a way actually for like seat dishes that like maybe you could do something where it's almost like on a pendulum or something and like you set it to a different radius so it just like hogs out the material in like an even arc like there'd probably be some way to even set that up on my own i'm sure yeah izzy swan could do it yeah yeah Let's it would be really cool if- on a swing yeah
2: <laughs> a chainsaw on a swing <laughs> right, i got one. This sounds solid what is it 18 inch p- speed square but 18 inch what Speed square. Uh, Dude, that's been not, on the list, that? bro. No, they need it. 12-inch. Yeah. How
0: inch. big is my speed? My speed square is only two- Now I got to go get it.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, you have,
1: you
0: have I thought, I swear it was bigger than it's, that. The it's other thing only that- <laughs> like 10 yards away from me. i think <laughs> go grab it real quick. I think go Husky
1: came out with a folding one that was really uh-huh. smart. And I think they figured out a way to make the mechanism so it's not wobbly enough. But you know, most speed squares at Home Depot are, there's like an 8-inch one. Or is it a 7-inch one? it an 8-inch one. And then a 12-inch one. Yep, and yeah, I just feel like a 18 inch one would get me real close. <laughs> right. All right, Chris, yeah. what do we got?
0: Well, in my head, it was just it was just big, but 12 inches.
1: Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I want an 18 inch one. 12 All inches right. is pretty standard.
0: I think I have a six inch one too, so I could yeah. tape two of these to either end of this, and then boom, you're in business. Transformer. Yeah. What All else, right, I've Mike. Got a- you said you had some others. Let's hear them.
2: Yeah, I've got one. Okay. So like a drywall square, I just want a drywall square that doesn't extend out the other side. So you know how they're T-shaped squares? Yeah. What if it was shaped like an L? So you had one long working edge that you could use as a straight edge for a circular saw or what any would, tool
0: what would be the difference between that maybe i'm not picturing it right but what's the difference between that and just like a big square
1: mm. it's the ledge that grasp on to the edge of the wood okay That's exactly hang on it. mike wants i'm, to I'm use going for
0: this. a run
2: again hang on oh no he's gonna get hang on chris are you getting a woodpecker's well, tool
1: right now mike i think have you ever bought one of those really cheap like they're like a circular saw guy that clamps to the wood itself yes they're terrible right for they the suck part. so bad yeah right so i think Like I always just use a trim board and two squeezy clamps.
2: That's what I do too. Yeah.
1: And I think there's a way of building the squeeze clamp into the square or having it work with that, like a system where they work as independent tools, but they also work together. And I think that's, I think that's an area where tool companies haven't really figured it out. Everything's such so self-contained as itself. They don't create a series of products that play nicely together. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Does this work?
1: Let me see what you got, Chris. That's pretty nice.
0: It's a a 36 inch. Yeah, no, 26 inch. And then see like the, can you see the ledge?
2: Oh, wow. Very cool. There you go. That's pretty close. All right. So describe what that is, Chris.
0: So it's a woodpecker square. So if you guys just go to... I think it's woodpeck.com. Like $8,000? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how much this one is. They're not <laughs> cheap, but they're very nice. But yeah, they so it's a square, but they do have like a ledge on the short side on both sides so that you can, you know, if, if just picture a piece of plywood standing on its edge. You could rest it on it and it would grasp on on its own.
2: And it's L-shaped instead of T-shaped. Yeah, it's just
1: exactly. like any other square. Boom. Dude, That's awesome. All right. Well, never mind. I guess greater minds have already thought of it. Well, another another tool mod that I made is I took a, it was about an 18 inch just regular flat square and I cut holes in the steel so that I could use, put clamps in the center of it so mm. I could clamp pieces to that square. So I think like- Oh yeah, for
2: welding and stuff like that.
1: Right. So for like, like, if you look at like Fireball, they make their squares for sort of welding steel so that your clamps grab onto them. And I don't see that as much with woodworking where it's like the clamp system and the square system. It's either- it's more like a Craig jig type system or something that tries to do everything. But I really think that, yeah, if, if you could make the individual pieces all part of a suite that just can, like, clasp onto each other, that could be pretty nice. Good stuff,
2: I agree. Man.
0: If only we had a company that <laughs>
2: <laughs> could spend the time researching and developing these things.
0: Yeah. That oh, would be something.
2: Mike, you had another one. What? No, the idea was the, t- the, the T-square was the other idea. Oh. oh. What about pulsars? saws? Dude, yeah, we've talked about pull saws. This what is a throwback. What about a pull saw you
0: can push? Wait, that already exists. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, pull saws, I think, definitely have room for improvement. But I feel like these days, there's so many options on Amazon. Yeah. I feel like everything exists now almost.
0: Yeah, yeah. market's saturated. I got mm. a, some some breaking news that's untool related. All right, let's hear it. Mike, I'm oh, going to no. commend you on a recommendation that you gave for <gasps> raspberry jam
1: yeah
0: <laughs> some good stuff we got the little seeds in there they've got the seeds but no fruit chunks no fruit chunk just seed chunk
2: it's only a little bit of seed texture yeah good i mean stuff. i gotta I hand know it to ben and jesse update. they're the ones that put me onto that
0: so the, everybody it's just the stuff's contagious there we're all just talking preserves i was a great man my whole life yeah ben and jesse are to preserves what ben and jerry's are to ice cream
2: there we go or some innovators like visionaries and if reference. nothing else curators
0: yes if not definitely <laughs> and nothing else they are curators all right nice. sorry to hey, derail the tool talk for preserve talk but
2: i think this is a good transition to go into obsessions and Ooh. i want to since you did a throwback i want to throw back to many weeks ago when we were all supposed to watch the fx show dave which is lil dicky the rapper's new show oh, yeah
0: i would you- failed on that but i ate a lot of preserves
2: <laughs> nice well I don't know how that helps us in this part of the conversation, but I was talking to Ben and I just watched it this week and i Ben, you're all caught up as well, right? Yeah, man. What a great show. It's written incredibly well, such a good ensemble cast. And I just got to give Dave, I wish I knew his last name, a lot of credit for like, for one scheming and making his way to the top of the internet and then transitioning into more traditional media and just blowing everybody else that's been doing it out of the water. Mm-hmm. it's really cool to see so if anybody's interested in the show it's some sort of like it's almost like real life but not real life the same way seinfeld sort of was his life but not really right it was like a mix a between alternate. atlanta
1: and curb your enthusiasm
2: mm-hmm. you know that's the analogy yeah so so the the not creative <laughs> yeah so the creative and artistic direction definitely feeds from atlanta a ton it's like really it's it's dark at times really funny at times and then also the way they really utilize their secondary characters. It's not just one lead character that's driving this whole thing. In the same way in Atlanta, they had a couple of episodes where it was all secondary characters. You know, Donald Glover wasn't even in a couple of the episodes. It's the same thing with this show, Dave. Really interesting. Really cool.
0: Nice. Right, and it's really
2: up. cool seeing them do that so early in season one. It's not like they're in season three and starting to expand out. It doesn't feel like they were needing to write more episodes. It was like really intentional.
0: Let's uh let's all try to do two like things that people can watch since since people are they got time to fill right now. So okay. for my first one, I'll pick this one. I'm sure everybody's already watching it, but the Last Dance. Did you guys watch the first two episodes that came out? That's I the, have like, not the yet. Bulls documentary. Oh, no! I, I
2: don't even know okay. what it's about. I've oh, only here. seen I've only seen a couple memes, so I know the name. That's it.
0: Yeah, so it's the Bulls in their their last of their. Two oh. three-peats, so, like 97, 98 season. Never mind. Basically, yeah. they've just been, yeah, sitting on the footage now for like 22 years or however long it's been. I was a huge, like, Michael Jordan Bulls fan, but I was also, well, by that time I was like 16 or whatever. So, I, I was pretty old by that time. But only the first two episodes have came out. It's a 10 parter and, like, it's been very good so far. Definitely if you're into basketball at all. But even if you're not, just because, like, there's a lot of drama. Surrounding it. Like, it's crazy to think like 20 years ago, but like, it's things have changed so much in sports, just like the mentality of things. It's like crazy to just picture a team that has won six or, I'm sorry, at that point, they've won five of the last seven years. They're just on a back to back going for a three peat, but yet, like, they know they're breaking up after this year, not because. Of like, you know, well, everybody's old and like, there's no way that they can do it again. Like they potentially could have kept going. And it wasn't even like that much of a money thing. Like you definitely, if you said like, no, we're just spending the money and keeping it together. You would make more money in doing that than you would spend. So it kind of like a lot of it comes down to egos and and that sort of thing. Yeah. Seems like we'll see how it all plays out. But yeah, it's uh, very interesting. And, And it's just crazy to like see how much things have changed in 20 years which is a long time ago but not that long ago
2: so how was the footage because i haven't seen any episodes yet because ben me and you were actually talking about it yeah Yeah, and i I had no idea that they just had this vault of footage that had never even been seen before
0: like i mean who knows how many hours they taped but it's like they literally just like documented the entire season they're just they're there with them from preseason through the whole season plus they're like cutting in other footage. So like, you know, the way it it, so far, the way it's been, it it jumps around timeline a lot. So, you know, if they're talking about a topic like, you know, oh, when I was growing up or when I was in high school, this, then it might like cut to a a 15 minute segment that like kind of tells that story in more context or whatever. Yeah. So between all of the footage that they have from that, plus all of the footage that has to do with the things that they're referencing, like they had a, a huge pool to Pool from. Nice. Thank you.
1: Ben, first pick. Let's see. I'm kind of pretty close to giving up on Westworld. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) So I'm like shifting my time elsewhere. So I've been enjoying.
0: Where is it? Like halfway through the third season or something?
1: Yeah. It's just gotten. It's still visually great, but it's like the third season of like visually spectacular show. But just you keep waiting for them to make you care about anyone in the show and they're. They're just not that good at that, (laughs) and it it, for for me it sort of underlies the importance of humor. I mean, even in like shows like Breaking Bad, which is not a funny show, there's still moments of humor in it. Uh, Just like the inherent dynamic between like Walt and Jesse is often funny because they just come from such different worlds, and there's that sort of condescending like professor and slacker kid kind of relationship. So I've sort of given up on that. I haven't been watching too much stuff. I've been like, I've been trying to actually reduce screen time because the weather is nice out here now and, and do more outdoor stuff. So I've been actually running, which is kind of unusual for my fitness regime. But it's just like short, you know, one to two mile runs and exercising more. So I don't really have too much that I've been watching. Oh, I have been listening to I listened to a good episode of the Tim Ferriss podcast. Oh, that's not a good to recommendation. To that in a while. There we go. I listened to one with the the one I'll recommend it's a recent one and it's him and Ryan holiday and Ryan holiday wrote that book. The obstacle is the way they are both kind of aficionados of ancient philosophers, which sounds really boring, but the way they talk about it, you realize how the things that we all struggle with in terms of anxiety and fear and ambition and all these things are things that, you know, (laughs) men in ancient Rome also struggled with, Mm -hmm. right? They, they are, and they were ta- you know they were talking about in the context of you know this current pandemic and just like how do you deal with like the frustration when you missed on an investment opportunity that you kind of saw but you didn't pull the trigger on right yeah like how do you see that as not as a one off but actually as an occurred as a encouraging tendency that your foresight is on it is accurate and good but then how do you not overreact to that to like Overly jump to the next thing because you missed on the last thing. Right. So I think that's, those are really important things for sort of entrepreneurs in small businesses like ours, where we don't make decisions by consensus. We often make decisions, even if it takes us a long time, we're making it with just the peer review of ourselves. <laughs> we don't have like a board of people where we survey and then they run analytics. It's like we have to move and just, and, and, and do that. So. What I liked about this podcast is they talked about how you can't remove emotion from all decision making and from these kind of pursuits because you would lack the kind of motivation then if you were completely emotionless in doing these things. But how do you kind of separate yourself from that for the really critical things where you need to be clear-minded and and objective? Cool. What was his name one more time for the listeners? Tim Ferriss, and it's a recent interview with
0: Ryan Holiday. Is that Ryan
1: Holiday? Mean? And I think that the episode is called like. Oh, it's called, like, Live Time and Dead Time, right? And it's just about, you can be working at something, but, yeah, it, just check it out. They explain it better. Yeah. Cool. All I right. I got, two? Yeah, I've got a number two. Let's hear it. Have I talked
2: about Maddie Matheson and Benny Blanco? I don't think so. No. Okay, great. This is just who I've, I've been talking to other people about it, just haven't said it on the show yet. So, there's two characters, two people, they're doing their own individual, you know, entertainment kind of thing one of them is a guy named Matty matheson and he was one of the people that viceland initially launched their network with and he had a show called dead set on life i don't know how old he is he's probably in his 30s he's like this fat happy guy that cooks a lot and his show on viceland was in my opinion uh, aside from action bronson watching ancient aliens was definitely the best the best stuff that viceland produced And so he, along with Benny Blanco, who was the sort of brains behind like all of Kesha's most famous songs, or a lot of uh, Katy Perry's most famous songs, like California Girls, things like Mm -hmm. that, he wrote and produced the majority of those. So he was like this, like sixteen to like twenty-two year old, like Jewish kid that wrote almost all the female pop hits of like two thousand and ten to two thousand and fifteen, or maybe fourteen. And anyways, the two of them have sort of like partnered together, but independently. And I really like the way that they're doing this. So they're basically what it looks like is sharing this production crew and this production team as as well as whatever kind of infrastructure they have behind their shows and producing two shows with one crew, basically, each to go on their own YouTube channels. Hmm. One of them is a cooking show on Maddie Matheson's channel. And it's really great. It's just Whatever it's exactly what you expect out of a personality driven cooking show, but he's got a good personality and he does it well. And that guy, Benny Blanco, who's traditionally a music producer, was sort of being the producer for that show for the first few episodes while it was getting its legs. And now it's doing really well. I think he's built it up to a channel of over a million subscribers in like eight episodes or something like that. He's really crushing it. Wow. And then Benny Blanco with Maddie Matheson is doing a show called Eating Out America, where it's just like a travel food show with celebrities. And once again, they're doing it really well. They're just doing it to the same level of production Land was, which was in my book. It was like a step up on traditional TV where it's a lot more handheld documentary style, not as high budget production, but a lot more mindful in the production and the directing mm-hmm. of things. And so they're basically bringing that onto YouTube. I know other people are doing it. Munchies is doing it. All those people are doing it. But I think they're crushing it. And I thought it was really neat the way they're sharing and pulling resources because it seems pretty obvious that that's what they're doing. Nice. So it's a recommendation. And they got quite a few episodes. So All check right. them out, guys.
0: I got another duo recommendation then. Cool. This is, no, so this is one that I should preface by saying I have not watched it yet, but okay. I know it's going to be good. And the reason I haven't watched it yet is because it just came out today. So maybe I'll catch an episode tonight, but on Netflix, it's Middle Ditch and Schwartz. So that's Thomas Middleditch from Silicon Valley. He's Richard. yeah, And then Benny his, uh So most people probably know him from uh, probably Parks and Recreation would be what he's most known. So he wasn't, I can't remember his character's name, but he was like the, he would like rap, he was Tom's friend and he would like rap and go to the clubs. And do you know who I'm talking about? I'm trying to New picture idea. it, but no,
2: it's been a while since I watched oh, Silicon God. Valley.
0: I can't picture, I can't think of his name. No, not in Silicon Valley. This is in Parks and Recreation. Oh, oh, like his John Ralphio. Jo- yeah, John Ralphio. Yes. Heck yeah. Okay, so that's, that's Benjamin Schwartz. And so they do improv comedy where they like tour around and do it. So Got basically it. it's, it's long form improv where, you know, the audience will like set a scenario and then they'll like play it out for like 40 minutes. And so they've done it a few times, shorter things, like in bursts of characters on Comedy Bang Bang for people who listen to that. Like when Thomas Middleditch is on Comedy Bang Bang, like he's my absolute favorite on there. Nice. A lot because like the first time that I heard him, like, yeah, obviously he's funny in Silicon Valley. And I wouldn't call what he plays a straight man, but it's probably like the straightest of the characters on there. But in actuality, he's like probably the goofiest of all the actors on there. And so he's very funny. Schwartz is very funny, too. I can't imagine it not being good if it's anything similar to, you know, the way that their characters always end up on Comedy Bang Bang. So if you like to laugh and you like improv and you have Netflix and you like duos and you're bored. That's my recommendation.
2: Right on. You say Comedy Bang Bang differently than I said. I say Bang Bang. You say comedy Bang Bang. bang. Ba- comedy yeah, Bang you, Bang. You go up with it. I go down with it.
0: Comedy, bang bang! <laughs> All
2: right, Ben, you got a second rec, or are you out
0: on this one, man? He's talented. Uh, I got a good one. Oh, okay, uh, it's back. a service. Second one,
1: a service. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people trying to think about right now, like alternative income streams and things like that. And I've never been one a person that really sells a lot of digital products or plans. Like I've always tried to keep it it pretty clean for my own focus. But I did put the the container house architectural drawings up for sale. And I use a service called Gumroad. It was highly recommended to me by Brad from Fix This, Build That. Shout out to Brad. And it is a fantastic service. Like it is easy to, it probably took me, so it's basically I'm selling a PDF Mm -hmm. and it took me about 15 minutes to set up the account and upload it, connect it to my PayPal. And they numbers for me. We've sold a ton of those plans and it's like zero work. I get these nice little notifications. I don't even have to check the dashboard because they send me sort of weekly emails telling me how I did. And it started out where I was putting links to the Gumroad site where the plan was for sale and you know it was getting traffic, but now it's starting to sell on its own traffic within Gumroad. So it was a it was a very nice way. So if you're ever interested in selling some sort of Digital design or maker product, like particularly a PDF or some sort of guide or you know step by step thing. Hmm. Check out Gumroad; it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, maybe I'll I'll give it a look. I mean, I know my default for you know obviously selling the workshops is different, but like you know when I start doing the plans and stuff, I was assuming I would probably just use the e-commerce functionality within Squarespace because why not? I've already got it. But I mean, if there is some kind of benefit to it, it's worth looking at it. I I haven't had
1: to deal with anything. And that's my whole thing. It's like, I hate, like, I'll I'll eliminate whole, you know, revenue streams if they create four extra emails that I have to deal with a week, right? Like, I just want uncluttered stuff so I can focus on the parts that I enjoy, which is sort of the creative process and coming up with new designs. Mm -hmm. So when something, we've had one chargeback out of probably like i don't know like 300 sales so yeah it's been and they handle it i didn't even have to check anything out or look anything up or i haven't had to I haven't had to do any customer service it's all been taken care of them i wrote a really clear disclaimer about what it is and what it isn't nice. i you know i very much downplay and be like Do not buy this if you think that, like, buying this is going to get you a house. You know, this is just, it is what it is. This is exactly what's in this document. No more, no less. Don't buy this unless you're really serious about building a house because this, just having this plan doesn't get you closer. Right. So, I put, like, all these disclaimers and, yeah, I just haven't, there's just very few. You always hear people saying, oh, you should try this or you should do this or set up a Patreon or do this. In my experience, almost everything is always way more work than it seems like it should be. So when I find something that is actually you sign up, it takes care of the rest. That is exceptionally rare. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. I got to give one more shout out. This one's a maker shout out. Glenn from DIY creators just did a really cool home exercise equipment. He did like a whole squat rack, power rack sort of thing. Boom. And from the looks of it, the majority of it looks like all wood galvanized piped, very DIY, but. it does look super pro, so go shout that out or go check that out, and also watch more DIY creators. A lot of really cool projects. I love the way Glenn tries to think around common pro- problems when you're building things to simplify them to sort of meet the common denominator where the majority of DIY builders are at. So yeah, I like the yeah. I, I like seeing his sort of thought process in action. So
0: check it out. He's a smart guy,
2: big time. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Modern Maker Podcast. If you do and you like the show, listen weekly. We do it every Boom. Thursday. Whether you're at work, on your way to work, at home working, or in your workshop, hang out with us for a, week, for, a for an hour. A week. Also, we love iTunes reviews. That just helps it, the app know that we're a good show and to suggest us to people that listen to similar content. Otherwise, we'll see you next time on the Modern Maker Podcast. Bye, everybody. Later. Bye. Bye. But
0: well, We're all just talking preserves.